church 54 what's up guys we are live welcome I'm so sorry we're not able to be in person but that's because our kids uh tested positive yesterday for covid uh they're fine though they're good uh they're just a little tired so we had to do a little pivot how many of you in the room can go the rest of your life without hearing the word pivot anybody in there I can go the rest of my life without hearing the word pivot, but here we are. And uh, I'm thankful for technology because we're able to be with you guys. And so uh, if you're new here, this is not the norm. This is actually the first that we've done this. So, man, let's give our production team a hand. Thank you guys for pulling this off last minute. Um, we want to welcome everybody that's new in the building or online. So even... If you're in the building right now, get out your phone, go to Facebook, the page, like it, share it, and comment on it. Comment on it because I'm able to see the comments right now. I want to see who we actually have on here. Um, we're going to look. You see anybody on? I've got Leah here as my, uh, as my assistant. <laughs> People are joining in. Uh, look. Write in the comments where you are. Write in the comments uh, um, um, if you're ready for the word today. I've got a word for you today. Man, Jared and Angel did an amazing job last week. What a great word. And, uh, man, just so thankful uh, for those guys. Point at somebody and tell them, ask them, are you ready? Point at somebody, ask them, are you ready? If you're in on Facebook in the chat, write, I'm ready. I'm ready, and uh, we're going to get started. Um, I've got a word for you. I know that this is a timely word. Last week, Lee and I were able to get away for a conference and get vision, and although this is a uncertain time, we're really in big faith, and so I am thankful that we have a God that um, he allows us to come in faith even when circumstances aren't ideal, and so if you are uh, anxious or you are uncertain and, and you uh, really have um, a feeling of anxiety and, and, and fear, I, I just want to encourage you that our God's still on the throne and, uh, and we don't live by these circumstances. Uh, we live by faith. And, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit today in Mark 10, 46. We're going to go there, Mark 10, 46. And it says this, then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a huge crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road, beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So he called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on. He's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. I want to see. Underline that. Highlight that. I want to to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. 
instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. The title of my message today is I want to see. Write that down. I want to see. I have a few questions concerning this text. I want to ask you, I have a few questions. Maybe you can put them in the comments. I have a few questions. First of all, what do you think really caused this man to cry out and experience breakthrough? Initially, I would say, well, clearly the man is desperate. Clearly he's desperate. That's why he's crying out. But the Bible says that it was actually his faith that caused him to cry out and have a breakthrough. See, faith produces passion and your passion will produce action. I'm going to say that again. Your faith will produce passion and your passion will produce action. See, he said, son of David, which tells me something. He understood the covenant that God had. And the covenant was that in the lineage of, of David would come the Messiah and there would be a covenant with man and God would come as a father and God would turn things around when the Messiah came. And so this man understood covenant and it caused him to come in the faith and he yells out, son of David, have mercy on me. He's crying out. He's saying, I believe in the covenant. Let me ask you today, although things might seem uncertain, are you relying on the covenant of Jesus? Because that is the only thing that we can really bank on. I'm, I want to remind you that the covenant doesn't only cause us to be redeemed from the power of the enemy, but it also causes our sins to be forgiven and cleansed, which means that we have the right to hear the voice of God. We have the right to hear the voice of our Father. We have the right to receive from God. Now, it's hard when there's a lot of noise. It's difficult when there's a lot of opinions, but I'm here to encourage you today that God, you have a covenant with God and you can have access to him. Not only that, but because of the covenant, it's this fancy word called we are justified, meaning that we're in right standing with God and God has set you apart because of his blood to do great things in the earth. I want to encourage you because when you can't see and you think things are bleak. I want to encourage you to remember the covenant. This guy, blind Bartimaeus, had a breakthrough because he remembered the covenant that God had. I want to ask you, what would you say blind Bartimaeus's greatest desire is? What was his greatest desire? Well, initially, uh, we would say to see, right? Initially, we would say to see, but there is a there is a reason Jesus said, what do you want me to do? See, I believe that blind Bartimaeus desired a lot of things, but he knew the only way to get them is to see, to have vision. He desired a lot of things. He wanted to do, he wanted to get off that road. He wanted to do uh, a lot of desires that he would be able to do to see. He knew the prerequisite of his desires was to be able to see. And so I want to remind you today that our prerequisite for our desires to come forth is vision, is vision. I want to see God give me vision. We have many desires. There's nobody in the room. There's nobody in the room that says, you know, I really don't have a desire to be healthy. There's nobody in the room that says, I really don't desire blessings in my life. No, you desire that. There's nobody in the room that's married that says, you know what, I just 
I, I want a mediocre, bad marriage. We have lots of desires. Nobody in the room says, you know what? I really just want to be in bondage. I don't want to be free. Even if you're an atheist, you would say, you know what? I would really love to have a relationship with God if I believe in God. We have a lot of desires. You have a lot of desires in your heart right now. But the, the thing that we need to be asking to let those uh, desires come to pass is, God, I need vision. I need vision. I need to know. I need to know what you're saying. Write this down. Spiritual vision causes us to see the perfect will of God. Spiritual vision causes us to see the perfect will of God. See, when we are in his will, he gives us the desires of our hearts. When we are in his will, he gives us the desires of our hearts. See, the, the, the thing is about blind Bartimaeus, I am convinced that he wanted the will of God in his life. Why? Because once he saw, once he received his sight, he followed Jesus down the road. Why did he want sight? What he, he knew if he got vision that God would give him the desires of his heart, but it showed his heart that he really wanted to be in the will of God because after he was healed, he followed Jesus down the road. There are many people that got healed that just left, never saw Jesus again. Several people came back and was thankful. This man received sight because he wanted to be in the perfect will of God. He knew if he was in the perfect will of God and he was able to see that he would be able to fulfill those desires that God put in his heart. Let me ask you, do you feel like right now that you have vision. I believe there are many people right now that feel like they're walking in the dark. They feel like because of what's going on in the world, you know, Lee and I's favorite phrase when the pandemic first started was, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, we kind of have to live like that sometimes. Even first time doing this live, we're like, hey, we'll see what happens. But God doesn't want, uh, there are some things that are going to be unknown, but God wants us to have faith and vision for the big picture. And I want to remind you of these scriptures today. I want to remind you Psalms 37, four through seven. It says, find your delight, your true pleasure in Yahweh, and he will give you the desires, the desires that you most have. Think about this. Find delight and true pleasure in God. And he will give you what you desire the most. Listen to this. Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find that he pulls it off perfectly. What is God wanting? He is saying, I am willing to give you the desires of your heart. I want to give you the desires of your heart. But in order to do that, I want you to really want me, to enjoy me, to be with me, to know that I have direction for your life. And I believe that God is about to give you in your life. See, I, I am, I am convinced that, um, that we have to have, we have to have vision. Listen, Proverbs 29, 18, you know, the scripture, some of you, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. So when there is, there is no vision for our life, we're just kind of like blind Bartimaeus. We're aimless. We need help. We're relying on people to, to we become a beggar instead of living in the blessing. And, and uh, this is the thing. 
that when we know, even on certain times, the Bible says that we are blessed and we're able to expect good in the land of the living. That's what David said. We can expect good in the land of the living, but don't be inundated by all the information and all of the chaos. Listen, you have to be informed, but I want to encourage you. This is a time where God wants us to have vision for our life. And, and God, God gives us the tools to do this. I want to remind you of these things. I'm going to read a few scriptures. I usually don't read this many, but I want to remind you because I want it to sink into your spirit. Jeremiah 33, two through three, it says, this is what the Lord says. The Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know of the things to come, the things to come. This is what God is saying. Hey, I know I see, I see it's like you're blind right now, but ask me, come to me. I'm going to show you the things to come for your life. Specifically, John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will not only guide you, but he will tell you, he will tell you about the future. God wants you to know about your future, even in the middle of uncertainty. That's what faith is. And God's going to give you an anchor because you're a believer. You're going to live in peace, joy, right standing with God when the whole world is in chaos. We have a peace that the world does not have. Why? Because we have an anchor and a faith and we have a direct line to our father and we're able to have vision. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's masterpiece and he created us, created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He created you because he has a plan for you to do great things in the earth. And just because you're living in 2021, when we all thought that this was going to be over, doesn't mean that you have to be, um, you know, you have to be in a place where you're blind and uncertain. So I want to give you four steps to see, four steps to see. And we see this in the life of blind Bartimaeus. Let me ask you, let me ask you. Can you see what God's called you to do? Do you know you're in the will of God for your life? I'm going to give you these steps. It's going to help you. It's helped me. And uh, I'm actually excited at uh, in this time because I know what's coming. And uh, I want you to know what's coming in your life. God created you in this moment, in this time, this unprecedented time, because he had great things for you to do in the earth. And he's going to give you the desires of your heart. And he's going to be able to cause you to walk in his ways because he's going to give you vision. He wants you. Once you see him, once you draw close to him, he's going to give you vision for your life. And I want to give you four steps to do that. Are you ready? Are you good? Give me some thumbs up if you're good out there. Awesome. Number one, this doesn't sound encouraging. Number one, blind Bartimaeus cried out. So number one, we need to cry. I'm not talking about physically crying, but there is a way that we cry out to God. See, God really wants us to be his children and something that really identifies children. Trust me, all you mothers with young babies, you know, you know, when your baby is crying, we can be in a, a, um, a really good conversation. We could, we could have a lot going on and like angel in the room or Savannah in the room or Brandy in the room, all you with babies, 
you can hear the sound of your baby's cry and you stop immediately and you tend to that child. It doesn't matter what's going on. It stops you in your tracks. Another translation said that when, when blind Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus stopped in his tracks. And I believe that there's going to be a cry from your heart because you're going to come into a place where you acknowledge your need for him and it's going to stop God in his tracks. What God really wants is for us to cry out to him. You know, the Bible says that, and David even talks about it, that when the Egyptians were captured, they begin to cry out and God begin to work on their behalf. See, God gives, God resists the proud and gives grace to the, write it in the comments, grace to the humble. See, it is our humility it is our humility where God says, oh, they need me. See, when you hear your baby cry, you're like, I got to rush. They need me. Right. And I know today we all need God in this time, in this season. We need God. You might be facing right now. You don't know what the future holds for your job. You don't know what the future holds uh, for just living. You don't know uh, with your finances and it, but I am here to tell you, God has a plan and he's going to show you that plan. And it's going to happen when we take this first step. And it's when we begin to cry out, yes. to cry out. Do you know a main way how we humble ourselves? And uh, a lot of people, they um, when they hear this word, they can get kind of turned off. But the main way, a main way to humble yourself is to fast. Some of you, your faces drops just, just now. It's to fast. See, fasting doesn't move the hand of God, but it moves our eyes towards God. Fasting causes us to say, God, I'm going to put away some things so I show you that I need you. I need you. You know, the Bible says that in James 4, 6, it says he gives us grace for the Lord says, God resist when you are proud. Continue, continue to pour his grace out in the humble. Listen to this. So surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him and he will flee in agony. Move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come even closer and closer to you. What, what is he saying? He is saying, listen, when you begin to acknowledge your need for God and you begin to turn to God, God begins to turn closer and closer to you when we fast we get closer to god not because he comes closer just because we fast it's because we're getting stuff out of our life that is not allowing us to see god clearly now i'm not saying you're in a a, a bad place but i do know that we need to fast if jesus had fast we need fast if jesus jesus fasted 40 days before he ever started his ministry because why it we have this thing called a soul. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got a soul. Even if they don't look like it right now, <laughs> look at them and say, you've got a soul. Your soul, soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now you also, you have a soul, but you are a spirit. You live in this body. When you give your life to God, your spirit is connected with God. It is the pipeline to God. Your spirit is the pipeline to God. But our 
our mind, will, and emotions, think about this, it is like the valve, the valve that opens up our pipeline to God. When our mind, will, and emotions are not lined up to God's and we're, we, we begin to get it cluttered, we can't hear God clearly, we can't feel God clearly, not because you've done something uh, horrendous, just because you live in this fallen world and if you're going to walk down a path, you're going to get dirty feet. It's just how it is. And I want to challenge you that, see, when we fast, it's like spiritual Drano. My wife, I, I always have to shave my beard and my sink always gets clogged up. It is aggravating. It's aggravating. I can't even brush my teeth right. I can't I can't run the water. It, it's frustrating. It's, it's a frustrating thing. And uh, that's what it's like when your spirit or your soul gets clogged. It, you're constantly frustrated. I've got Drano right now. I've got Drano right now under my sink because I know this is what's going to get the clog. It's going to get all this stuff out so that this can flow uh, clearly. And this is what Jesus does. I, I want to challenge you. You might be going through things right now and fasting can turn it around because it gives us sight. It gives us clarity. Um, for example, uh, Jesus's disciples were trying to cast out this evil spirit of this guy. And um, people were like, I don't know why we can't do it. And Jesus at the moment was on top of the mountain um, in the Mount of Transfiguration. And he comes down and he casts this spirit out. And the disciple says, what in the world? How come you were able to do this? How come you were empowered to do this and we weren't? And he said, this kind only comes out by fasting and praying. Hmm. I wonder if there's some things that we deal with that is only going to be dealt with with fasting and praying. Jesus was clear that fasting, fasting causes us to be empowered. So blind Bartimaeus, he cried out, son of David, have mercy on me. He cried out. This is like a cry, crying out, humbling ourselves. This shows us fasting is one way that we do that. What was the second thing? He had to listen for his word. So he fast, he, he cried out, and now he's waiting for a reply. People are trying to shut him up, by the way when he's crying out mm -hmm. and and right now in your heart there is a battle when i start talking about fasting you're like well what about my life what about you know i really want my uh, this and that and that but just like people were trying to tell blind bartimaeus hey shut up be quiet don't cry out the enemy and your own flesh doesn't really want you to say i'm going to eliminate things in my life and focus on god because really two things number one we don't want to be inconvenienced. And the other thing, sometimes we don't even really believe what's on the other side. But I'm here to tell you, God's word does not lie. It is true. And when we cry out, he will answer right now. I want you to begin to shut those voices up. I love that blind Bartimaeus started to cry even louder. So whenever the flesh comes, you're like, no, I don't listen to my flesh. My flesh listens to me. I don't listen to my flesh. My flesh listens to me. And so we don't want to be in bondage of anything. We want to know that our true meat and our true meal and our true satisfaction is God.
And so I want to challenge you right now that that lean to of like, oh, yeah, I'm fast before, uh, you know, I'm telling you right now is the time that you need to fast right now. The way the world is right now is the time. The second thing is we got to listen. Blind Bartimaeus was listening for his word. This is when we pray and we're in the wor word. See, fasting without devotion is just a glorified diet. <laughs> I don't want a glorified diet. But devotion in fasting is what really brings power in our life. See, I find it fascinating that David found so much grace in his life, even when he seemed like he messed up even more than Saul. Saul, it was almost like God resisted Saul or the king, but gave grace to David. It almost seemed like, why? Well, it seems like you're playing favorites, but God wasn't playing favorites because he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And although David did great exploits, he was humble enough to know that he could not do this without God. He could not do that. And listen to David's heart in Psalms 139, 23. This is why David, think about this. God chose David that the children are the lineage of David, that Jesus would come from that. From, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Let's look at Psalms 139. This is what David said. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. He's saying, hey, God, search me. If there's anything in me that you don't want, show me the right path. See, that this is the second step of really getting clear vision in our life. And so when we read our word, we need to, we need to stop reading our word. <laughs> you might say, what are you talking about? Stop reading your word. Stop reading your Bible. Stop it. Look at your neighbor and say, stop it. Stop reading your Bible. You need to let the word read you. Stop reading your word. Let the word read you. Isn't it funny that we can read the Bible and we think of other people that might need to hear it? <laughs> and God's saying, that's not what this tool is for. This is not what my word is for. It's so that it can search you. See, when we begin to fast and we begin to rely on his word, we start to get in sync with God. I don't know if you've noticed, but anybody that's happily married if anybody asked, how are you happily married? If they told you the truth, they would just say, well, you really have to learn to die. <laughs> wow, because we're two different people. We have distractions, right? The secret to marriage is selflessness. The secret to marriage is like, ah, what do you want? <laughs> you know, people didn't know how their marriage was until this pandemic happened and you're stuck in the house for about a month, can't go anywhere. Usually you have that outlet. Now you're, you're forced to say, how are we? That's what fasting does. Fasting says, I'm going to bring us together and you will see the conflicts there. See, even your relationship, God, there are things that you want. There are things that he wants. And to really be able to get spiritual vision and saying, God, what do you want? And that's how a marriage works. You submit to one another. You say, what do you want? How do you feel? And you become one. The Bible says it's a mystery. It's a mystery. You become one. But you never become one when you're full of distractions. That's what fasting does. You could be on a date. 
and never really connect with your spouse or your loved one when you're full of distractions. You're thinking about what's going on, you're on your phone, you're talking to somebody else. You'll never connect. What, what we really want in our marriage is to be in sync. What God really wants, he says, delight in me, delight in me. Let's be in sync and I'm going to begin to show you the right path. I'm going to give you vision and I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Do you believe that? Look at this, Psalms 51, 16. This kind of will, uh, it's kind of a picture of marriage a little bit. Um, it says going through the motions doesn't please you. In your marriage, you don't want to go through the motions. You want to have a fire. You want to be in sync. You want to be in love, right? Let me ask you. When it comes to God right now, do you feel like you're in love? Do you feel like you're in sync? Do you feel like you have a passion? Do you feel like you have a direction? Psalms 51, going through the motions does not please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives ready for love don't for a moment escape God's notice. What is it saying? When God sees that we're broken and we say, God, I want what you want, and I really want your love. The Bible says it gets God's notice. Wave at me if you want to get God's notice. Number three, number three, and we're about to close. Number three, blind Bartimaeus cried out to God. Then he waited for the word. Jesus said, hey, go get him. And this is significant. The Bible says that he threw away his cloak. This is my cloak today. He threw away his cloak and stood up. So number three, I want you to write this down. Throw. Throw. But it's not just throwing. It was also standing. He did two things at once. Think about this. As he stood up, he threw away his cloak. He did two things at once. See, when you begin to go to God and you say, God, what is it in me? What is it? In God will begin to read you. God will begin to read you. And see, a garment back in the day really meant comfort and it meant identity. Somebody that had a cloak, it really was tied to their identity. And when we begin to hear God's voice and he says, this right here, I don't want this for you. It is not a time where we say, you know what? I feel bad. I need to really, I really need to beat myself up. God is really disciplining me. No, God disciplines our spirit by conviction, showing us who we are in God. In other words, God is saying, this is not who you are. Throw this aside and stand up. It's two things at once, two things at once. Paul said, there's one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and pressing forward. That's what well, Paul, that's two things. He's saying, no, what it really is, is one thing. Forgetting what is behind and pressing forward is one thing. And blind Bartimaeus, the Bible said, he threw off his cloak and he stood up. And I want to encourage you when you get in your word and God starts to direct you and say this in your life, get get this out of your life. Don't just say, you know what? I need to stop doing that. I just need to stop. I need to quit it. I need to get disciplined and quit it. No, that's not how God does it. He will actually show you who you are and what to do to get rid of the past. He will actually show you who you are and what to do to get rid of the past. How do I know? Galatians 5, 16 so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So in other words, God has something for you to do to get rid of your sinful nature. So God won't just highlight an area. 
he'll also direct you and say, this is not who you are. This is not who you are. I want you to begin doing this in your life. And so God wants to begin to convict you of who you are in God, who you are in God. See, Second Chronicles 7, 14, it says, if my people who are called by, by my name seek and pray and turn, then I will begin to heal their land. I will hear from heaven and heal their land. There is some healing in your life. And maybe in your life, you know, it's an area that God wants to change. And you're like, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. God wants you to throw away that old identity. He wants to begin to show you who you are and direct your life. He'll give you an idea. If there's something that you do in a time of the day that you don't like to do, he'll give you an idea. He'll give you a picture in your mind. He'll give you a word and say, I want you to start doing this instead. I want you to replace that. I want you to do two things. Forget what is behind and press forward. God is going to begin to direct your life to get rid of the things that are clogging up your spirit. Do you believe that? Now, we're going to close on this. Number four. Number four. I want to say this. Write this down before I go to number four. If you want to be filled up with God, you need to be emptied of you. If you want to be filled up with God, be emptied of you. And that's really what fasting is. It is emptying, emptying ourselves so that we can be filled with him. God wants you to begin to cry out, right? God wants you to begin to cry out, to begin to listen to his voice. Throw away that old nature. That's not you. That brokenness that you're dealing with, you don't identify with that brokenness. Don't identify with that unforgiveness. Don't identify with that sin. That's not you. God is not wanting you to say, ah, God, I'm sorry. No, God is wanting to say, this is who you are. When you begin to read his word or his word begins to read you, it doesn't just highlight where you are wrong. It actually shows who you are. God wants to show who you are. You're not the broken. You're the healed. You're not the unfaithful. You're the faithful. You, you are not, you are not um, sin conscious. You are God conscious. You are not the bitter. You are the whole and the love. You are not the broke. You are the overflow. God is saying, listen to me. Listen to what I have to say to you. And this is my, first, I'm going to close on number four. God wants us to draw near. So blind Bartimaeus did four things. He cried out to God, which speaks to us of fasting. He listened. He began to get devo devotion with God. He began to listen for God, right? When God's word said, hey, come here, he threw off his cloak, his old identity, and he began to walk to steps towards God. See, the real goal here is to encounter Jesus. The real goal here is to get a touch from God. See, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that that with faith, with faith, we need to know that we must draw near to God and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I want to encourage you in this season, as you seek after God, he's going to reward you. You know what he really rewards us with? His main reward is revelation. His main reward is revelation in who he is. Because when you see who he is, you will see who you are and you will know what you were born to do. You will get vision. Write that down. I will get vision when I see who he is. There is no greater reward than to see a new facet of God. 
when you see who God is and you're able to be in his presence, God will begin to fill you with his promises. It has to do with proximity. He was he wants to impregnate us with his promises because now we are in closer proximity. We are now not far away, distracted. We are in close proximity. And man, now when we worship, we feel God and we know God. And it's in those moments where we see him and he gives us vision. Do you believe that? It reminds me of the two men on the road to Emmaus. They thought that Jesus died and it was over, but he rose again, began to speak to them. And as he revealed to them who they were talking about in the Old Testament, who he was, the Bible says that their eyes were open and their hearts were full of fire, our passion. What God really wants in your life to really know the will of God for your life. He wants your eyes to be open to who he is and your hearts full of passion towards him. And that's what happens when we begin to say, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. That's what Paul prayed. He said, I pray that your eyes will be enlightened so that you will know the confident hope in your inheritance. God has an inheritance for you. He has a calling on your life. And I pray today that God begins to enlighten us and opens our eyes to be able to see who he is. Blind Bartimaeus got close to Jesus. He's now close. He's not far away on the side of the road. Now he's close to Jesus. He's close to him. And, and Jesus says, what do I want? What do you want? He says, Father, I want to see. And he opens his eyes. He touches him. See, one touch from God can change everything. One word from God can change everything. God wants to be close to you. This is a season where God wants you to draw close to him. He's going to draw close to you and he's going to say, what do you want? And he's going to begin to give you vision and you're going to begin to follow Jesus down the right path. You're not going to be on the side lines. You're going to begin to follow him. You're going to have a new chapter in your life. We don't need to feed off old words from God. God wants us to be fresh and new with him right now. Do you believe that? Man, I am. I am so excited about this because we are actually starting. We are starting 21 days of fasting and prayer because this is a season where I believe that God has a huge harvest for you. We're coming into the harvest season. I can't believe summer's already over, but we're coming into a harvest season in the fall. And I believe God has a great reward for you in the fall. Jesus said, open your eyes, lift up. Because the harvest is plentiful. God's got a blessing for you. And the great thing about God's blessing, he adds no sorrow to it. And the world's blessing is different. You have anxiety, you have fear, you have everything along with it. But God's blessing adds no sorrow to it. God's got a blessing for you, but he wants to prepare us for the blessing. He wants us to be prepared for that blessing. And I believe if Jesus fasted, if Jesus fasted, then we should fast. And so for 21 days, we're not only giving up things and beginning uh, to get in devotion. We're also doing corporate prayer at our building right where you're sitting. If you're in the uh, 6100 Canal location, we're going to be streaming live with several other churches and praying together. There's going to be worship. There's going to be a, a small word, but we'll be in the room praying together from six to seven every day for 21 days. 
I want to encourage you, if you can make it every day, make it. If you can make it several times a week, come. We're going to be there. We're going to be praying. We're going to seek after God. And we're going to see God do great things in this season. God is preparing us for the harvest in the fall. I'm telling you, he's got great things for your family. He's got great things for your finances. He got he has great things for, for your ministry. He's got great things for you. But this is a season where you're going to see it so clear. When you wake up in the morning, it's, you're going to feel that closeness and that fire, and you're going to be encouraged. You're going to be full of faith when the whole world can seem to be chaotic. And I want to encourage you today that this is going to be a season where you're going to set aside your old identity, your old the old stuff that we have collected maybe through 2020. Um, God is going to bring us to a place where we are able to be like a child. And I believe this is your season of breakthrough. Those desires that you've been having, that you're like, God, when is this going to actually happen? This is your season. Put that in the chat. This is your season. Come on, tell somebody else that you're sitting by. This is your season. Point to them. This is your season. Let's do this together, church. Church 54, it's our time to, to focus on him and see him move in our life personally and in our community like we never have before. God says that signs and wonders follow those who believe. Wave at me if you believe. Man, I believe it. And this is our time. We're about to see God move in this season. He's moving in you personally. He's moving in our community. Listen, our community needs hope. Our city needs hope. Your street needs hope. Your hope, your home needs hope. And this is the time that God's going to do it because you've decided to cry out. Come on. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you're online, we have a team that's praying together with you right now. It's one prayer. It's one decision. And I want you to pray with me. If you say, you know what? I'm tired of living this life on my own, by myself, without God, without having a relationship with him. Say this prayer after me. Close your eyes right where you are. And say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want to follow you all the days of my life. If you said that prayer, you said the most significant prayer. You've made the most significant decision you've ever made in your life. The Bible says that your past is over that all old things pass away and all things become new in your life, that your sins are as far as the east is to the west. There are no more. God does not remember them. And you have access to the Father because of what Jesus did on the cross. Now, if you're in here today and you say, I've made that decision, I want you to be able to contact us. If you're online, message us. We would love to give you materials to help you with your journey and walk with God. If you're at the location, fill out a card and let us know that you made that decision. And so we want to be in contact. We're going to pray for you. Now, if you're in this room right now, if you can just stand up right where you are, stand up right where you are. And if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands out right now. This is a sign of surrender. And I want to pray this over you. I want you to repeat after me. Say, Jesus Give me vision. Jesus, I want to see. Jesus, I want to be close. Now, 
in your heart right now, I want you to make a decision that this is going to be a season for 21 days that you're going to focus on him, that you're going to begin to cry out, that you're going to begin to lean in and listen to his word, that you're throwing away the old and that you're going to step into clear vision with him. You're going to be close to him. He's going to show you direction. The Bible says that he leads us in paths of righteousness, that he leads us with peace, just peaceful streams and, and green pastures. Lord, we want to be led by you. Give us vision so we can be led by you. We thank you wherever you lead us. That's where the blessing is. We trust you. We love you. We pray right now. For this city and everybody that's in this room and online, we just cover them by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're eradicating this uh, disease. We thank you that we're on the other side. We thank you that this is an opportunity for us to, to show who you are in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, give everybody, everybody give God a hand today. We love you. We can't wait to see you in person next week. Love you guys.